At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Naked M.I.P. With Masamela Matfumal. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Folks, as you know, one of my favorite guests and yours is the founder, editor-in-chief of PressRun.media, fearless media commentary. Uh, and, you know, uh, I've, I've teased this before, but I'll, I'll be more um, uh, uh, explicit about it. Um, this this daily show almost became another daily show with the two of us that was on the table. Uh, and uh, I think that would have been a cool thing because we're actually, I think, pretty good uh, uh, together. Um, and I love uh asking him questions and having him explain things uh i and it very few people you interview that you can also be a listener during your own broadcast and this is one of those rare occasions where i'm able to do it so because I, I when you're hosting a show you're not always able to listen as a listener would and enjoy listening because you're working but mm-hmm. i can do that with uh, my friend it almost feels like not working it's too much fun and it's yeah. probably why we didn't get chosen to do <laughs> uh, daily show because people realize no they, they that's too easy for them it's too <laughs> fun, and the rest of us have to work and we're resented but anyway uh <laughs> but uh he's great and we we always do well to get the latest in in news commentary from him eric bolet hey buddy how are you good good thanks for having me thanks for the oh, kind words oh, oh no always a, a a pleasure to have you and you are more important than ever uh in in this moment of of confusion and uh, disinformation. I want to start generally some specific things you've written about, but it's on that point. Even the media is fixed. Like like you scrutinize what the mainstream media and the Beltway media is doing, but then look what they do, man. They have the nerve to obsess over Democrats' messaging. <laughs> but wait a minute, and I'm and I'm, I'll watch these shows, Eric. What about the message? Y'all are the ones with the mainstream. You all are putting the message out. And nine times out of 10, the message they're putting out there as they interpret from the Democrats is the wrong one, isn't it? Yeah, that, 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 it's funny you hit upon that because it drives me crazy. All these columns. Oh, the Democrats are so bad at messaging, messaging, which is fine. Look, there's no no party is is above criticism and, and Democrats do need to improve it. But in, in none of these messaging articles or punditry or analysis is the media ever mentioned. The media, the media plays no role right. in the difficulty the Democratic Party has coming, you know, with good with good messaging. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing a piece on uh, the Kamala Harris coverage, which has really gotten completely out of control. They have they have invented a brand new hypercritical way to cover the first woman, the first person of color to be vice president. Surprise. Right. Right. But I'm reminded by the messaging because she's out there giving speeches. She's out there. Uh, doing what typical vice president 
does. Uh, and she's getting dinged for style. Or I, I'm not making this up. The Associated Press put a piece out yesterday. You know, it was a whole doomsday about how Biden and Democrats, I mean, they've not only have they written off the midterms, they're writing off 2024, the Beltway Press. But, it, you know, as examples, they, they noted, you know, Kamala Harris gave an, an, uh, an infrastructure speech in Ohio last week. But apparently the attendance was all wrong. You know, there weren't enough people in the hall and and, and, sure, and the senators, U.S. senators weren't there. So, I mean, if you're going to do this ridiculous optics stuff with the vice president, and if you're going to invent these parlor games where she's now some sort of rival with cabinet members, nothing, none of which has ever been confirmed anywhere. So if you're going to, if the only uh, coverage of Harris is this ridiculous nitpicking optics stuff, then yeah, it's hard for her to get her message across, you know, about the infrastructure bill and about lots of other important things. But right, so the press loves to hit uh, Democrats. They're so bad at messaging, but there's not an ounce of self-reflection in terms of what role they play in just demolishing Democratic messaging and hyping Republican messaging nonstop. Yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 as we've discussed before, just like the artificial intelligence algorithm on social media um, thrives on conflict and negativity, oh, yeah. it's as if well, we're going to do it too, even though we're not oh. artificial intelligence, we're human intelligence. So we got to find something. The only thing that's going to get people. Oh my gosh! You know, we it, got it, to find something. The, I think this is the biggest hangover hangover of the Trump years. Yeah which is he provided this hourly daily drama. It didn't need to be invented. They got hooked on this adrenaline. They got hooked on the attention. They got hooked on the, oh my God. Uh, and then Biden and Harris came in with this, you know, no drama approach and, and they were bored and angry. Uh, and and everything, kind of, everything kind of changed in August with Afghanistan, which opened the door. And, and so the press really has kind of gone in for the kill. And just back to Harris real quick. I mean, my God, how about some context? Trump's vice president is probably most famous for being chased by a mob that wanted to kill him during an insurrection. And Harris having a slightly dysfunctional staff is, is considered equally important. Like, my God, what are we talking about here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and again, none of this is confirmed. Is is the staff? Oh yeah, no, yeah. Apparently, apparently dysfunctional staff. There's no right. quotes. There's nothing. There's no examples. There's no. And again, I, I'm just reading all this coverage now because I'm going to write about. It. There's no smoking gun about how her staff screwed up or you know right. is is you know is at war with the West Wing. It's all just this vague nonsense. Uh, and and it's being you know it's being accepted as the gospel truth. And again, compared to what what our last vice president was almost hung. Right, right, right. <laughs> but 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 it begs the question: Does is 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 one dysfunctional, or does reporting on one being dysfunctional <laughs> ad nauseum make them somewhat dysfunctional? Because how can you function if you're constantly having to defend against the myth? of everything falling apart. I mean, that affects governing right. and, and, oh. and being a vice president as much uh, as, as much as anything else. But but you're right, it's, it's as if Trump provided a drama and now they have to go and create drama. Absolutely. Um, again, and folks, Eric is good sometimes, but Eric also is the only person talking about some of this stuff. We've all bought into um, the uh, in inflation. Yeah. Meat. 
inflation, 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 and and gone berserk and crazy. Okay. Uh, as it, it talked to us about that, and and even how uh, only those of us who really pay attention to these things and report on the news were aware that they even had to adjust the job numbers. Oh my god! Couple of months. Yeah. So. Um... Yeah, I did a piece on Friday. The way I described it was everything the press said about the economy was wrong. So um, the, the, the traditional matrix the Beltway Press uses to judge a president's uh, success in terms of the economy, unemployment, housing market, consumer demand, uh, job creation, all of those things are red hot right now. Absolutely red hot. And in part because the COVID stimulus worked just as they said it would. And every Republican in the country uh, voted against it. But there is inflation, in part because the economy is so hot. There's there's too many dollars chasing too few goods because there is a supply chain issue with the pandemic. So the, the, the press isn't talking about the economy under Biden. The press is talking about inflation <laughs> under Biden, which is, is one small part of this. Uh, and, and just recently, uh, oh, so the, the the job gains over the summer, the government, for whatever reason, again, I think it's pandemic related, uh, the bureaucracy, the, the departments that cover the count jobs, undercut undercount 626,000 jobs over the summer. So that jobs report in August, it was 250,000 jobs and got tagged as disappointed and bad news for Biden. That was actually like 436,000 jobs. And if that, so, if we had had an accurate number, none of that coverage would have happened. Uh, and 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 I've I've written about, you know, um, the the October jobs number five hundred and thirty one thousand jobs. I mean, wow, that's 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 blockbuster stuff. NBC Nightly News, the night of the jobs report came out, did not report on the jobs report, and that that. That's hard to be coincidental. I mean, to me, that is the press viewing the economic news through such a filter. Fast forward five days when the monthly inflation rate came out, which was quite high, 6.2%. That was the number two story on NBC News that night. That was very, very, very important. But the fact that Biden has created more jobs in eight months than Trump did in four years. And again, uh, the uh, Walmart's U.S. CEO was on TV yesterday thanking the White House for easing the supply chain jam. Uh, it's funny, right when the federal government and, and these ports started levying fines for, for cargo ships that sat there too long, suddenly we had a, we, suddenly the ships started moving uh, <laughs> because it's not over yet. But this idea that the grocery stores were going to be empty in Thanksgiving and you couldn't find a turkey, give me a break. If, if, if our grocery stores would em were empty or even spotty in terms of supply chain stuff, CNN would be running that nonstop. You can't find any examples. Go to your grocery store. There are 500 frozen turkeys sitting in that section right now. So the press fell in love thanks to the Republican Party. They fell in love with inflation. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Inflation. Look, nobody likes spending $90 to fill up their SUV. It's not fun. But it's also not the end of the world economically. And, and there's, there's, there's amazing things going on. The, the, uh, the consumer demand is just through the roof. Back in April, March and April, we were all wondering if this economy would ever get off the ground. Were we doomed economically in the country? Spending was up 16% last month. We are not doomed. This, this, and, and quick point, wages are up. Employment 
employees have unprecedented leverage in the marketplace right now. Uh, and they're making more money. They can pick and choose their jobs. Job creation is through the roof. So uh, consumer demand is red hot. If Trump had one of those things last fall, he would have been reelected. I guarantee you. And somehow the press looks at that and says, but inflation. So it to me, it's just kind of giving away the game. They're not really interested in portraying an accurate look at what's happening in the country. They're looking for what's bad news for Biden. But her emails, but inflation. Yo, man, tell me yeah. about it. And yeah, just real quick, yesterday, New York Times had two inflation stories. I mean, they've been doing this for two weeks. I, I'm not sure when it's going to end. Uh, but New York Times had a political story. And this was the premise. I'm not making this up. The premise was that Thanksgiving dinners are going to be expensive for consumers. Therefore, Democrats might pay a price in elections 345 days away. More MIP after this message. But but again, you know, they it almost and, and folks, forgive me, they're doing some work on my building. If you hear any background noise. Unfortunately, sometimes that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, absolutely. Are people really looking at that and thinking that, oh, my God, look at my Thanksgiving dinner. I have to blame the Democrats. Or is the Beltway media putting that on, on the minds of people? Well, that, that becomes the problem with, the, you know, this midterm coverage. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to have I mean, it started in August or September. We're going to have 14 months of doomsday midterm Democratic coverage. And it absolutely becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. It just gets written in. But what's interesting is in uh, 2017, it was obvious Republicans were going to get trounced in the 2018 midterms. Press didn't care. There wasn't 14 months of Republicans are doomed midterm coverage. A lot of the press thought the Republicans were going to pull it off in 2018 because of the caravans, the caravans at the border. You know, they were going to they were going to outsmart the Democrats. Well, they ended up losing 40 seats. But we did not have 12, 14 months of midterm coverage. And my God. And, and I put I noticed on Twitter yesterday, the press is now beyond writing off midterms. The press is starting to write off 2024 for the Democrats three years away. Why should Biden even run? It's amazing. And, 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 and I think that ties in with the Kamala piece. You know, Absolutely. You kneecap her. As a 2024 option, you kneecap him. It, it's just and and Republicans is like coverage of Republicans. We're going to still treat them like the kids at the kid table yep. and not hold them accountable as media. They have to do uh, nothing. They don't have to do anything because that's just how they are. The Republicans yep. being Republicans. No policy. You have to do everything. You have to be perfect. Uh, uh, that's that's clearly the double standard. The Washington Post even and, and you document this. Uh, said Biden is not being pessimistic enough here. What kind of headline? I mean, what kind of story is that? Can you imagine hitting, you know, uh, have we ever had a president being hit because he was too optimistic? Yeah. So, you know, everything is a pile on. Everything is, you know, oh, Biden, you know, Biden's approval rating. Oh, so the, the Washington Post, I think, came up with the most bizarre angle. You know, everyone's trying to get in there. I write these doomsday stories. Um and, and, and so the Washington Post decided that Biden hadn't been he hasn't been honest with Americans because he hasn't been pessimistic enough about the economy, about covid, about the pandemic. Basically, he hasn't scared the bejesus out, out of everyone. 
<laughs> you know, Jimmy Carter tried that with his famous melee speech for folks who remember back in 1979. And uh, he got crucified for having that uh, heart to heart. Three years later, uh, uh, Ronald Reagan was practically put on Mount Rushmore because he was so optimistic. He wouldn't acknowledge any of the problems facing the country. So the idea that a sitting president is, is being too optimistic is literally unprecedented in American political uh, uh, analysis or coverage. But right now they'll find anything to hit Biden for. So to me, that was just, that was, I was stunned. I mean, who, I guess Biden should be out there talking about how desolate this country is and, you know, we're never going to get out of the pandemic and, you know, it's bizarre. (laughs) Um, It's as if they want a Jimmy, a second Jimmy Carter. Well, if they want a second Jimmy Carter and going back to the point you made before, they want Trump. So if they're going to kneecap Harris and then they're going to kneecap Biden, what's the, what's the motivation? You know, I don't like to assign motivation, particularly for journalists, if, if they're not going to be upfront about it. But obviously people can look at that and say, oh, OK, not maybe they don't want Trump reelected. They want an even playing field for 2024. So at least he has a shot. More MIP after this message. I, I think you're right. But but to say that a president is too optimistic. This press would have caused the impeachment of of FDR. Happy <laughs> days are here again. You could, you know, they couldn't have done, oh, that, oh my God, that's not gloomy. And and Kennedy, uh, high hopes. He, right, right. No, you couldn't have, that, that couldn't have happened <laughs> under those Democratic presidents. They would have had to apologize. Oh, and, and, and real quick, and, and just in a point of journalism, in the Washington Post piece, not surprisingly, they couldn't find a single Democrat. You know, the, the whole premise was Democrats think, you know, Biden's not being honest with the country and it's hurting them politically. Could, could not find a single Democrat anywhere to support this ridiculous premise. And, and so for me, it's just, it's not only strange journalism, but it's, it's obviously dishonest and shoddy. And it's and it's the Washington Post saying, "Hey, I have this idea, so let's present it. That you know, let's present it as news. Go on the uh, go on the op-ed page if you want to say Biden should be more pessimistic. You don't run it on the front page as a news story when there's absolutely nothing in the article to to uh, that supports the premise." Yeah, because you and I went to journalism school too, Steve. I remember even when I was writing for my school papers. Yeah, I had to have supporting sources. Oh my gosh, I couldn't just show up. And 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 have everybody not cooperate, right? The premise of the story. Now, but I guess you can now. now. This is what happens when a when a narrative, when the groupthink really gets into overdrive, and that's where we are now with Biden and Harris. Anything goes. Anything goes as long as it's coming from the 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 right narrative, which is you know Democrats are doomed. Harris, you know, is 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 a disappointment. Biden's too old. He doesn't know it. If it if it falls in that category, uh, I, I don't see there being any real rules in terms of what the product that's produced uh, should look like. Yeah, and and folk who want to get into Biden's age didn't say a word about Ronald Reagan. <laughs> no, of course. Uh, and, and there were legitimate concerns about his his well, age and and mental state. And, and for good reason. Later I mean, confirmed. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't. It wasn't like a conspiracy. I mean, two months after he left office, he was he was not in good health in any way, shape, or form. Right, right. and and ended up now. Now, 
don't want to spend a lot of time on this because it was too much time to spend on it. But I reached out to some of our colleagues, some of whom I won't who I won't name them, but they're part of a network that you and I frequent. And I asked, why is Chris Christie on every show today? There was one day it was we, we went from morning Joe. All and I and even some of our friends were like, yeah, Mark, we we don't understand it either. <laughs> but but and then you turn on every network he's on and, and maybe it all ties together this this obsession with leveling a playing field. Mm. But what is still credible on Earth about Chris Christie? I, I'm really having a hard a hard time with that. I mean, he's he's on with the ABC thing every Sunday. Shouldn't yeah. be on that. And was oh my God, was so straddling. Oh. when he was asked specific questions about specific issues, especially Trump, he was, oh, well, you know, I I, I said what I said then, and it was, it was just nonspecific. It was awful. I, I mean, I zeroed in on the CNN special. They gave him an hour uh, on prime time, which is just the most ridiculous. And it was a total ratings flop. It was the lowest rated show on cable news that night. MSNBC doubled the ratings. Fox quadrupled the ratings. I think like 600,000 people watch the show. We're at, we're a nation of 330 million. I mean, if you're a if you're a national television network, you shouldn't be posting shows that get 600,000 viewers. And it was it was doomed to fail. But to answer your question, a he's got a book, so it, it kind of highlights how the business works. If you have a book, uh, you can get on TV. You you know, it's just kind of this weird uh, mechanics of it. But my God, why was he on every show? This was the l most unpopular governor in the history of the United States. He left office with either 14 or 17 percent. Oh, OK. Well, forget about New Jersey. Well, he's a player in Republican politics. He ran for president. He survived one primary where he came in seventh. If he ran again, he would also survive one primary and come in seventh. The, he has no insights about anything. So to answer your question, People like him. People like him in the green room. Uh, networks are desperate for a conservative voice that isn't Trump crazy. Uh, Christie, after helping Trump prep in 2020, after watching him be impeached, after watching him be a maniac for four years, Christie jumped at the chance to help him prep. And he also got COVID in the process. Um, and so, but apparently after January, you know, this year he had a, you know, he had an epiphany and Trump's not a good guy. So he wrote a book about it. Okay, great. Well, you're going to vote for Trump? Well, I might. I mean, that, you know, in terms of the straddling thing. So he's, he hasn't come forward. He hasn't put his, you know, his Republican career on the line and saying Trump is a menace to this country. We must do everything to stop him. He's come out with this kind of weird wishy-washy, well, yeah, he kind of helped him for four years, but now I think he might not be good but I might vote for him. And it's just like, what are we doing? It's a colossal waste of time and it's an insult to everybody. And again, the most unpopular governor in the history of the United States. Can you imagine if some democratic governor slinked off with a 22% approval rating? Nobody in, the, nobody in the media would ever care what he or she did the rest of his career, let alone spend the next six or eight years propping them up as some kind of superstar. And, he, and he's a bully and he's still partisan and he says awful things about Biden, uh, you know, saying, what did he say in Afghanistan? He's, you know, he compared how, he, you know, Biden treats the Taliban better than he treats it. And I can't remember what the other half of the sentence was, but just ridiculous, awful rhetoric. 
So he hasn't changed. He hasn't had, you know, he, he hasn't had a come to Jesus moment about Trump. He's just out there. I don't know what he's doing. But people like him in the green room to answer your question. That's the only reason I can come up with why why he gets he got the red carpet treatment. It's as if he is is either positioning himself as an alternative candidate yes. or or maybe he wants to be Trump's running mate. You know, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. I don't think Chris Christie is not ruling out any relationship no. with Donald Trump. He's not completely repudiated him at all. Um, so I think we have to keep that in mind. Lastly, you've written about what the biggest story is, what the biggest political story ought to be. GOP violence is the most important political story in America. And Eric, that's important because we can actually, it, it's not a, a, a stretch to draw a line between Trump and it's just, this. I'm being minimal. There's, 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 a, there's a longer line we can draw, but let's just minim, minimize it. To draw a line from Trump to January 6th. Oh, yeah. To a culture and environment that makes Kyle Rittenhouse a hero. Yeah, of course. And who makes, and who may, you know, and who, who prompts Gosar to put, to publish videos of him killing AOC and, uh, and, and the fact that not a single Republican member of the House criticized Gosar last week on the floor. A couple voted, voted for censor. No one got up and criticized him. So, yeah, you can obviously connect the dots. And that's why I think, you know, we're at a crossroads and, 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 and the instances of political violence or the threats have become so ceaseless. You know, it's 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 normalized. Uh, and, you know, and you know, I had kind of mixed feelings about Jonah Goldberg and Stephen Hayes quitting Fox News. Uh, they said they did it over the Tucker Carlson documentary, which basically glorified uh, the insurrection. I mean, I think they should have quit a long time ago if they cared about human decency. But the fact that they quit over the threat of political violence, I think, is a really important point uh, because they know how the right wing works. And if they're watching Tucker Carlson and, and their conclusion is we're going to have violence in the streets, then that's a big deal. And, and, and like I said, we're at the crossroads. And so I, I wrote this piece, the New York Times had a very good piece last week about political violence. And it was good because it did not whitewash. It did not try to both sides. It just said straight up, Republicans are embracing menacing violence. They're doing it from congressional offices to community centers. Uh, and, and, you know, I would have used stronger language. This is unprecedented in modern American history. You'd have to go back to the Civil War. But I was glad it was very straightforward. We've seen, I think, a lot of vague, worthless reporting about how America is angry and, and things like that. Uh, America is not angry. We have an unhinged right wing uh, that's, that is eagerly embracing political violence. And, it, you know, in the Times quoted you know, an expert who said, you know, I don't know how we have a peaceful 2024 election. I mean, if there's a, if there's just a drumbeat, if there are tens of millions of people who honestly think elections are being stolen, they're going to justify anything. And they're going to have an entire political party saying you're doing the right thing. Let's go. Quick point, quick point. Political violence is not unheard of in this country. In the 60s and 70s, uh, there was political violence, particularly militant groups on the left. Uh, I think 1970, there was something like, uh, you know, a thousand, you know, uh, bombings in this country. They were small. We didn't have the technology for big, big bombs. New York City had dozens, dozens of bombings. 
but we didn't have the Democratic Party endorsing it. The Democratic leaders weren't saying, hey, these are our heroes. Democrats weren't trying to hire lawyers getting to get them off in, in, you know, in court. So what's entirely new now is the political violence is being sanctioned by one of our two mainstream parties. And wow, is that frightening. Folks, uh, Eric Bowler clearly um, is the vaccine for uh, a, a Beltway media that is um, having trouble uh, dealing with, with facts and objectivity and that is spreading this pandemic itself of the pandemic of both sidesism uh, and, and all of that and, and negativity. So folks do subscribe, do check out pressrun.media. Eric, as always, buddy, great to talk to you, man. All right, you too, I appreciate it. All right, man. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.